0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Finding My Voice. Today I will not be talking about role-playing games. There were so many things related to me in my transition that happened that this is going to be all about that and it's going to be all... Improvised from memory. See, my last week was so eventful. There was so many things. I've had no time to do anything. This is why this episode's coming out a little late. I will end on a sonnet, though. You'll hear some clickety-clackety because I haven't brought it up on my screen yet. I usually prepare that beforehand. Okay. My week. I'm not going to start at the start of the week. But the first really, really big thing that happened was on Thursday. Last episode, I actually told you what I was going to do. Frida, my friend, who's, you know, she's in a metal band. She's a really wonderful, wonderful close friend. And she plays Venya in Westmark, which I talk about all the time. Had invited me to a live karaoke night. Where you, you know, it's karaoke, but a live band, which is wonderful. And I went out there, we had some wine and karaoke. And that might not sound big, but it was Big. Um, this podcast is about me finding my voice, and um, voice dysphoria for is terrible. But I know I'm in a good place. I can work with my voice, and I'm pretty good at it. And this, I'm getting really good at it. I think I sound okay now, but I st- I'm still not at a point where it's easy to sing without, you know, without dipping into the timber of, you know, um, testosterone damaged. <laughs> voice mechanisms um so it's really difficult i have to speak in this way i can't really dip into those sounds because i want to practice the sounds i make now and so the muscles that produce the other sounds you know kind of wither and yeah yeah so i can't sing not only because using my old voice is painful for me like psychologically but also because it It'll take longer for me to actually end up where I want to be. One day, some people manage to sing with their new voices, and I hope one day I will sing well. But um, I used to love singing. I was in musicals, and I was pretty good at it. But for a long time, I haven't been able to. like. I, I hum and sing for fun, but I can't really sing well anymore. So I haven't a lot. And Frida invited me, she knew that, I've been talking to her about that, and she invited me to this karaoke night, because she could tell I needed it. And I did. Um, She invited me to (laughs) join her for a duet for the first thing I sang, and we did, and we went up on stage, and uh, she held my hand, and we sang, (laughs) and I loved it, and we... Probably wasn't that great, she said (laughs) it was good, and... Like, don't you trust me? <laughs> I do trust you, Rita. Um, but it was great. <laughs> and uh, we kept partying there. She sang more songs. She's she's an amazing singer, by the way. She, she's just completely amazing. And I sang one more song. And that actually went pretty well. Um, and I had such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night. I sang again. And she knew I needed it, that's why she invited me. Oh, I'm not done, I'm not even halfway through, I can't be crying yet. Gosh darn it. Uh, <clears throat> well, anyway, that was the Thursday. <laughs> um, so, that was a wonderful, wonderful karaoke night. And um, then there was Friday. Well, Friday I went to work, you know, because it's a work day. But it, um, it was Pride Month and Pride Week, West Pride, where, when, you know, Gothenburg's doing the festivities and uh, since i'm head of, like part of the board of feminist initiative west Cothia, um i had like i was um helping with you know my my political party's part in pride and yeah i know pride washing you know gay, like like it's silly but feminist initiative is a party that really puts um lgbt questions you know lgbt plus qia uh in the forefront and so I do not feel ashamed, because I am definitely part of Pride, and I know my party is. And yeah, we had a tent, and um, I took the evening shift there, because I had work. Uh, <laughs> one kid came up to me and tried to do, "Oh, there are only two sexes, and uh, men aren't paid more than women, and then like tried to do the whole debate, and he had no facts behind him. That was easy. It was almost I almost felt sorry for him. It was fun. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> that was just funny. Uh, I just needed to say something on the Friday, I guess. Then came the Saturday. On Saturday, I... Um, uh, I, to- I told you about this last time as well, I went to see a doctor and he worked on Saturday because this wasn't his regular hours, because Sweden won't pay for a trans doctor in this region. And so other doctors come in so they can look at the case and help uh, diagnose us on their spare time. So that's why it was on a Saturday. And on the way there, I spoke to one of my friends on the phone who supported me, you know, built me up. And then I had the meeting with the doctor and it went really well. Usually they wouldn't tell you the results straight away because they need to speak with the investigation team and make a decision and then see if I should be diagnosed. But he said afterwards that, yeah, yeah, you're getting diagnosed. This is, this is, this is clear-cut. And, uh. After that, I called Frida and told her the good news. She was invested. She she's invested in this. She was really invested in this. So I knew she wanted me to call. So I called her and told her, and we cried together over the phone. <laughs> it was because I've been waiting for the diagnosis for so long, and uh, it's really good. It is really good. It means that. Uh, it'll still take time, it's still waiting times and that kind of thing. But when I have the diagnose, um, I will be able to get my medication for the uh cost ceiling. So I'll pay, you know, two thousand crowns. Uh, well, I guess that's about two hundred euro, about ish a year instead of uh three thousand euro a year for my medication and. Eventually, with a lot of waiting time again, there'll be surgeries, uh, which I would never be to be able to afford privately. And, you know, this is how it all starts. I've been waiting for so many years, and now things can start happening. And it's incredible. I'm not done yet. I can't... Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, ah. So that was Saturday morning. Um, and then it was time for the Pride Festival and uh, the, the Pride Parade. So I walked in the parade and, you know, I told Frida, I'm claiming this parade. This is my parade. I told everyone, like, welcome to my parade. And Frida said, yeah, do it. Do it, girl. It's yours. <laughs> it was so good. It was really hot. Like, it was so warm. I needed a fan. I was fanning myself all the way. And, you know, it was, it was ridiculously and inhumanely hot. But I enjoyed it so much. I walked for so long and my feet should be hurting, but they weren't. I was floating on clouds. And after Um After the parade I went to the tent. Oh Frida Frida stopped by the tent, by the way, and we had uh, well, we had some dinner, some drinks on the grass. <laughs> uh but then I was in the tent again and I helped people. Some people came up to me for advice. How do I support my trans friends? Um, how do I um, like a, like a father of a genderqueer child came to me and asked how he would support them <laughs> and because uh, their mother was very bigoted and they were trying to get them free of her and I gave them advice and and his child well well, well um, the, the mother wasn't there obviously uh, she was she hated pride uh, but the child um, they were there they they showed up later <laughs> Um... And uh, uh, they're they're actually like I don't know like eighteen or seventeen maybe not that young, but I I taught the father to make sure to pay attention to pronouns and names, because he did get stuff wrong, and his child said, "Uh, it's okay. He gets everything wrong. He always gets names wrong. It's fine for him." But then I kind of poked him and corrected him every time he misspoke. And when he corrected himself, without them having noticing my correcting him, a smile, the smile on their face was amazing. And I whispered to their dad, like, look at their smile. And he's shown up. That that was so wonderful to see. And I felt like I helped people. And then, of course, again, uh, (laughs) when night came, uh, Frida told me that she's going to karaoke again, and invited me, (laughs) and I was like, yes! (laughs) So I did. It wasn't live karaoke this time, but I went out to karaoke with Frida again, and we sang again. We didn't do a duet this time, but I did two songs. Uh, I think the first one, that that I kind of missed, because I I picked a song that was really hard to sing uh, without dipping down to my uncomfortable area. Uh, But the second one, I, I think was okay. I need I need work, but I feel like I'm doing it now. And I was I had so much fun. It was so wonderful. I want to do it again now. And I haven't sang properly for so long. Even though I'm not, you know, technol- uh, te- technique-wise, I'm not where I used to be. I, I used to be able to sing professionally one day, maybe again. But I, this was good enough for me to enjoy. And I enjoyed it so much. It's so incredible. Um... And then on the next day, on the Sunday, I had a question and answer session. I had like a kind of like a TED Talk-ish thing um, where I let people ask me questions about, you know, being trans in Sweden because media in Sweden uh, misinforms people all the time. So I had to uh, set the record straight and I was answering questions from the audience and uh, I was nervous. I wasn't sure anyone was going to show up or if I was going to get things wrong, but um, a friend of mine filmed it, and everyone just seemed to just seemed to love it. it, it went really well, I got some really good jokes in that I didn't plan, and I guess some of them were on purpose? <laughs> anyway, it was really good, about 20 to 30 people showed up, and uh, they all enjoyed it, and they all asked good questions. So I felt like I made a big difference, and on the Monday, I kind of, I usually want to have an episode up by the Monday, but I was so tired, I was so exhausted, all the emotions over the weekend had just been too much. It was, they were all good. It was all wonderful. But I was just floored by it all. And oh my gosh, you guys. I had so many wonderful days. It's its hard to wrap my head around. Um, so that's why I'm not equipped to, to talk about role-playing much today. Um, I'm going to be playing in about an hour, an hour and a half. So I need to still down, but I do want to read the sonnet that I wrote uh, Thursday night after I got home from the live karaoke session with Rita. Um, give me a moment, ah, still got crying in my throat. I, I haven't inhaled my tears this time, not yet, anyway. <laughs> Here we go. The strides I've taken cannot be denied. Look down the depth from whence I had to rise. The pain I felt, the tears that I have cried, Were worth it all to shed my grim disguise. Yes, sacrifice was made, I can't deny. Though I care not for strength to open jars, But there was something I held much more high, A joy I held much dearer than the stars. A sorrow, yes, but one I carried still. I thought it was the price I had to pay. A price I thought eternal up until you took my hand and showed another way. With radiant smile and hope you came along, Return to me the wondrous gift of song. (sighs) Ah. Yeah. Is that the height of hubris? I make my me myself cry with my poetry. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, thank you for listening. I gotta go get ready for a game. I have to finish crying these tears, so I can cry the next ones in the game. No. <gasps> Nothing sad's going on in the game right now. Don't worry. <sighs> I hope you really enjoyed this episode, even though I didn't really talk role playing, but I, I felt like I felt like the events of this weekend deserved an episode. Um, I, hope you're, uh, I hope you agree. Thank you again for listening. I love you. Goodbye.